So I was asked to speak today about the April 20th Department of Labor fiduciary ruling. Um, this was a ruling that was six years in the making and it was a thousand pages. So I was gonna ask your permission if we could just skip, skip lunch. What do you think? <laughs> okay. So what I thought I'd do is give you some context for this ruling, talk about why this is important to everyone in the room, and then we're gonna leave you with some questions that we know will help you when you're making decisions about who to hire or engage as a financial advisor, either for your, for your organization or for yourself personally. Okay, let's speed it up here. So when, when you're, what's, how this all really came about as, as an issue was that it's rather confusing when you're thinking about financial advisors. I mean, what are the different kinds of financial advisors? Financial advisor, wealth advisor, investment advisor. There's a, there's a wide range of people and names and there's a lot of um, designations. You could be a CLU, you could be a CFP. So it's hard to know in the landscape, how do, how do I choose an advisor? And I think it's been an assumption, certainly from a consumer point of view, that the advisor would have your best interest at heart. Right? When you think of an advisor, you think, this is someone who's got, is looking out for me. And certainly that's the way you want it to be. So when you actually break down the, the advisory landscape out there, they really can be broken into a couple categories. So on the top category, we have a registered investment advisory or an RIA. So I'll use that term, RIA. And in, in an RIA, it is a requirement and a standard that the advisory firm put your interests first. And what happens if someone doesn't put your interests first and they're under that standard? They're liable, they become personally liable. So that's a very high bar to reach. Now, in this room, I have, a, I have a suspicion that some of you are fiduciaries as well, or plan fiduciaries. Hands, and we, right, Donna? Matthew, you've been one in the past. I mean, so when you sign up to be a planned fiduciary, it's, it's a little unnerving, right? It's a lot of responsibility. Because why? You have to put the participants' uh, needs first ahead of your own. You have to understand that you're recommending um, good resources for your participants, that they're getting um, good education and a good deal. So you, so, in the registered investment advisory model, um, it's usually fee-based, which means that you pay a fee and that's all disclosed. So that's another important component about the RIAs. In the second model, which is a broker-dealer or commission-based model, the, the, the level at which you're supposed to assist your client is considered the suitability standard, which means the product itself that you recommend just has to be suitable. So that's a lesser of a standard, and people who work through that model are commission-based, okay? So when we think of that, who is that? That's Merrill Lynch, Wells Fargo, some common names, Edward Jones. Um, those, and, and so when the Department of Labor decided that they needed to think about this, here we, this is, I like this little drawing marketing did for me. So the fiduciary shows the clients at the center of that circle, whereas the suitability standard, the product, essentially is at the center. 
So when the DOL said, you know, we have trillions of dollars that are in the retirement plan marketplace. People are, the baby boomers are gonna be, you know, moving into retirement and what normally happens is you move your money from your 401k or your 403b into a rollover IRA. Well, that's gonna be trillions of assets transferring. So we wanna make sure that the advisors that are working with these plans are putting the client's interests first. So this is a very strong consumer kind of initiated movement from the baby boomers, okay? So, but first, when the Department of Labor looked at this, they said, okay, well, that's it. So we have to put the, the clients first. That means that if you sell a product that's commission-based and you're, you make your living as commission-based advisor, you're out, you're out of the market. Well, I mean, the, you know, the marketplace went crazy. They said, this can't, this can't be true. I mean, what is, well, Fargo's gonna close their doors. I mean, there's this huge tradition of commission-based advisors out there. So, um, whereas initially that's what was said, there was a big uproar. So that's why it's taken so long to come to the next level of ruling. So what the um, DOL kind of did is they said, let's make a compromise, essentially. Because of the challenges that it would take for the marketplace to quickly adapt, let's, let's come up with a compromise. So the compromise that has just been released, so this is hot off the press, April 20th, is that now um, you can still, as a broker-dealer advisor, receive commission, but you have to enter into a contract with your client that says that you will be held to the standard of a fiduciary. So that's, that's big news. That changes the industry forever. So now, instead of saying, okay, you can't receive commission, you can, but you're gonna ha it has to be reasonable, it has to be disclosed, uh, and there's gonna be a lot of paperwork coming forth in the next few years, because this essentially is going into effect on January 1st, 2018. So there's a couple years where this is gonna be a transitional time in order for all these financial institutions really to get up to speed uh, where they need to be. So what I was gonna say is that we can all sleep well knowing that because as fiduciaries you're turning to people you know are gonna be putting your interests first. Um, you know, as individual investors, you feel more comfortable knowing that that's coming down the pike if you're working. I mean, when you're doing a retirement plan, you're usually talking about an IRA, right? So you want your advisor to be matched up and aligned with your own interests. Um, but just quickly, I went onto the DOL website, and I gotta tell you something. There's one page that tells you all your responsibilities as a plan fiduciary. So it's, it's listed out very nicely. Dawn is shaking her head to some people. And it, and it says all these things that we've been talking about, you know, putting your participants first, making sure the fee's reasonable, making sure things are diversified. But there's one little line that really kind of gave me almost like a stomach ache thinking about it. And for other fiduciaries out there, it might make you a little nervous too, is that what happens when the planned fiduciary doesn't fulfill their obligations? Do you know? What is, there's one line on the website that says, what happens if you fail to carry out your responsibilities? Any guess? Yeah, oh, there you go. Thanks, Brian. 
you are personally liable. That's crazy, right? I mean, because you, you might not know a lot about the industry, and up to this point, you didn't even know there was different ways that advisors, under what standards they were operating. So this is, um, so what I'd like to do actually is try to help you with some questions that I think that you should have in your wheelhouse for when you're engaging a financial advisor. So I put together, our team has actually put together these questions we know will be useful. Um, you know, one question I didn't start off with here, but I think is important certainly as a psychologist and as a human, right, is that you want to relate to your advisor. You want to feel like you connect with them and you trust them because this is difficult stuff to talk about, you know, your finances, and you want to feel open to be able to do that. So that's a, that to me is number one. But so here's some of the question your organizations could ask. You know, in the next few years especially, maybe you go back to your advisors you have. How are you, how are you, are you licensed? Are you a registered investment advisory firm? Are you a, um, registered through a broker dealer? Merrill Lynch, Wells Fargo, Edward Jones. Um, and how is your firm dealing with the new ruling? What kind of disclosures are, are coming about? I think that'd be important to know. And if in the interim you are, you discover, oh, I am working with someone who is receiving commissions and working through a broker dealer, um, you might ask them a little bit about um, are they receiving other indirect uh, incentives, such as the trip to Maui and various things. Just bring, bring it up. Um, also, when talking about your, the, so when I say you, these are the questions you would ask the advisor. So explain how you're coming to these recommendations to put in, in the 401k or 403b. Why are you choosing this fund lineup? Are you, do you have limits to what lineup you, know, you can offer? Um, we hear sometimes the word uh, open architecture. That means it's a wide open, oh, this is awesome. Well, that can be good, but you also want to realize, well, then what? How are we going to help someone who's 30 versus 50 in choosing in an open architecture system? And what, what um, things come into mind when you're helping someone make that choice? What resources does the advisor have ac accessible to them? Um, it could be a third-party research like Morningstar. Um, are they using uh, software, financial planning software? Here, eMoney, which is kind of uh, one kind of software. Um, I'm getting, a, I'm trying not to get the hook here. Um, you might want to see some other examples of reports that are individualized for a person. That's something else you might want to look at. Um, and you know, what, how is a person making recommendations? You know, I, I, this makes me crazy. It's not just how old a person is, how close to retirement, but what's their dreams? What's their, what, what's their, uh, you know, their tax bracket? What's their family situation? Everybody is so unique. I mean, having worked as a psychologist, I know that. Everyone, everyone's a unique individual. So you can't just do, hey, cookie cutter portfolio design, you know? What is coming into play? So, and what kind of resources does the advisor have uh, in their back pocket? Do they have a, a firm they can uh, turn to for tax uh, advice, for estate planning um, input, that kind of thing? And what is the scope of the expertise of the person? Um, 
I call that what's the letters behind their name. Okay, I have a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. What does that mean? That means I'm a fiduciary. I have a PhD, that's in clinical psychology. That comes into play in a lot of situations. So you want to understand that, that piece. Um, and also, who, who, who does that person turn to when they don't know the answer? That you want to know that. Gives you a better, a better concept. And lastly, what is the ongoing relationship going to look like? Is the person going to talk with you quarterly? Is it going to be based on your own goals and needs? Um, what's going to be the, the long-term um, connection and process there? OK, so what is our team, what do we think about this ruling? Well, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I think any time that you're making uh, consumers or people at the center uh, of a ruling, I think it's a good thing. I think the industry is going to go through some hiccups in trying to adjust to this, but I think it is ultimately how it should be, right? It shouldn't be so confusing when you engage somebody that they're operating under different models. I mean, ideally, you know, you want your advisor to provide you with objective and transparent advice and be putting your needs at the center, right? To give you that valuable peace of mind. So, that being said, our, our um, the AAF's wealth management team is an RIA. We are a registered investment advisory firm. That was the decision that was made before me um, I think for the reasons that the value, values that Joel has always shared of the importance of being objective and serving the client's needs first. So with that, thank you. And I look forward to meeting all of you at lunch and at the cocktail hour.